This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined, as always, by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool, and he is also the lead advisor for Motley Fool's Rule Your Retirement newsletter. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the holidays. Yes, that's right, the holidays! Even if you think they have morphed into a period of crass consumerism, you probably still have to give in and buy some presents or risk looking like a total Grinch. So, we're here to help. It's our Motley Fool gift-giving guide for 2015 with ideas for everyone on your list. Hooray! Let's go shopping! Oh, oh, oh. We have five categories here, so I think we're going to cover everyone in them. The first category is the gift of smarts. The gift that no one can take away from you. Isn't that right? That's true. And in particular, we're talking here about investment education in financial education. Recently, I sent an email to all the folks on the investment team here at The Motley Fool, as well as the financial planners in Motley Fool Wealth Management. A sister company of The Motley Fool. Thank you so very much. And asked them for their favorite books about investing, and particularly geared towards those who may be beginning or middling investors. And here's what they came with, came up with. So, buy them for yourself, buy them for your friends or family. Number one was Little Book That Builds Wealth by Pat Dorsey. Number two, one Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch, a classic. A classic. The Warren Buffett Way by Robert Hagstrom. The Most Important Thing, Uncommon Sense for the Thoughtful Investor by Howard Marks. And then The Essays of Warren Buffett, Lessons for Corporate America by Warren Buffett, compiled by Lawrence Cunningham. And what is your book recommendation? Well, my book, so those, The Motley Fool, much of our discussion about investing is about individual stocks. So my recommendations are for people who are more interested in uh, maybe investing in general, mutual funds, index funds, like really new to investing. And I would recommend um, any book by John Bogle, first of all. He has plenty of good books on common sense investing and mutual funds, get something recent. But any of John Bogle's books are great. Stocks for the Long Run by Jeremy Siegel is a great book about the history of stock investing and how over the long term you're going to probably do pretty well. And then uh, another great book is uh, the Investor's Manifesto by William Bernstein, who, besides being a great investor, is also a brain surgeon. So he's a pretty smart guy. Neat. I actually have a book recommendation. Please, let's hear this it. This is a book recommendation for our listeners who maybe actually are pretty experienced with money and know what's going on. And that is the book Once in Golconda. It's by John Brooks. It's a former New Yorker writer, and it's all about the market crash of 1929, and it's kind of a history of the stock market. And it's really interesting. Have you a read page it? page turner. No, you've recommended it, and I still haven't gotten it's around to really it. It's really good. I'm still only halfway through it, uh, so that's embarrassing. But it's an easy book to just pick up. I would call it a beach read for your financially savvy loved one. Because <laughs> anyone else you're going to give this book to, they're going to be like, ugh. On those, on those wintry beaches that you're going to be sitting on over the holidays. Well, we're going to be sitting on a beach over the holidays. That's true. Isn't that right? My dad is actually here visiting us today in the studio. Hi, Dad. Because we're going to head out for a beachy holiday. Very nice. I, I do want to throw out one thing, by the way. If you're looking for something more financial planning, like taxes, insurance, how much to save retirement, personal finance for dummies, great book. Is there a Motley Fool book we should probably recommend? There are some great Motley Fool books. For example, the Motley Fool Personal Finance Workbook, written by Deanna Yoke and Robert Brokamp with Tom and David Gardner. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe you've heard of them. Unfortunately, it's about 13 years old, so it's a little outdated. But the exercises, the concepts are timeless. Timeless. <laughs> It's so embarrassing that we forgot to recommend no, one of our own books. I, I, here's the, so honestly, many of the responses I got back from the folks here at the Motley Fool were full books. 
I just didn't want to be too self-serving, but also a lot. We haven't updated them recently, so I'm not as comfortable recommending them. But go to the library, check it out. Give them a try. There you go. Go to the library. You probably haven't been there in a while. All right, next category: the gift of stock. The gift of stock. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, you could give your friends, family, relatives things that they'll enjoy for maybe a day or two, and then it'll sit in your closet, their closet, collecting dust. Or you could give them something that potentially could increase in value, and that's stock. Um, if you own shares of stock in a brokerage account, not an IRA, something you can actually just give it to somebody. There are some new services out there that make it easier to give stock. So, one is Stockpile. You can actually give gift cards for stock. Uh, another one is Spark Gift. You give this to someone, and then they have to go online and open up a brokerage account, but allows them to buy fractional shares. So. You don't have to be like, okay, I want to give someone a share of ABC stock, and it's trading for $97 today, so I had to give them $97, but what, what about in the future? When will it be? If you can just give them $100, they go in, they buy the stock, and it might buy them 1.3 shares, it might buy them 0.2 shares, but they'll be able to do it, and then they can add more money later if they want. What's your best piece of advice for, after you've bought someone a stock, giving them the love of investing? <laughs> because because I think many people can or when they were in their teens or college they remember that their grandfather or someone bought them stock and then they promptly cashed it in to buy an amp husband <laughs> and so how along with giving that gift of stock do you instill a lifelong love of investing best piece of advice sorry this is a tough question go uh, no, I'm just kidding um, here's the deal I I actually have mixed feelings about these one off things where you just give someone a hundred dollars and they buy one thing of stock. So I think it's better. We've had Jason Moser on our our show earlier and how he's taught his girls how to invest and they get a certain amount of money on a regular basis. So honestly, if you're going to do this, I think if you regularly are part of the process and you help them with the education about the company and about investing and then give them more money. I know people who have actually opened up IRAs for their kids and you can have an IRA as long as the kid has earned income. Could even be babysitting. Then, if they put some money in, you put some money in. But if it's an IRA too, then they can't take the money out without paying taxes and penalties. So that kind of might prevent them from taking money out and spending it out. What was it? An amp or something like it was, that? It was guitars and amps. There you go. Because he was in a very promising rock band. That's right. I'm sure you've heard of it. What was it? It was a Pixies cover band. Well, there you go. <laughs> Why, how could you not cash in stock for that? Oh, that's okay. We all make dumb decisions. Uh, and I guess the final thing I said, but some people like like this idea. They're like, well, I don't know. Should I give Apple stock? Should I give Coke stock? You can also give shares of an index fund, like the S and P five hundred, and then you own a little bit of all five hundred of those companies. All right, next category. This is you came up with this one at our planning meeting, and I was like, oh, this is good. This is why Bro is on the show, <laughs> and it is the gift of time. Yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking particularly if you have people in your life who are really busy. So, you know, you either your siblings, your kids, they have kids, they're constantly driving their kids around. They either A, just need time alone, so you'll watch their kids or take care of their responsibilities while they go away for the weekend. That in itself is of value. But if you're thinking of what can I give somebody to help them along their personal finance journey to financial independence or something noble like that, it might be that you know that they need to take care of something. You're going to watch the kids, you're going to clear their decks so they can focus on it might be finally signing up for the 401k or an IRA or getting life insurance. And it might even be helping them with the forms. Um, a big hurdle in terms of anyone doing all these things that we all know we need to do is 
they look at the forms like, I have no idea how to complete this. If you're knowledgeable, you sitting down for an hour with them will get that ball rolling. You also talked about how you can also buy them the time of a financial advisor or a financial therapist. Oh, there's Did you all call it that? There, well, there okay. are all kinds of options. And there was out another there. thing, a fi- another thing you talked about, a financial like do do stuff for you person. <laughs> it's a daily money manager. Daily money manager. And, and these daily money managers will help you with paying bills, paperwork, dealing with creditors if you need anything like that. Um, a lot of people, uh, senior citizens, use them because they can't get around as much or they have trouble. Uh, reading things, uh, very busy executives or people with families are like, can you just take care of this? My wife actually did this for me. She paid for a daily money manager to come into our house and set me up on Quicken years ago because I knew I wanted to sign up for Quicken, but it was just that whole process of getting it, getting all my accounts linked in, all that. If you've ever tried it, it can be kind of a pain. Um, It was all set up. And you can find one actually at aadmm.com. That's where you find a daily money manager in your area. Financial planners, many will work on an hourly basis, especially if you're getting one through NAPFA, N-A-P-F-A.org, or the Garrett Planning Network. Just pay for two hours to sit down with a financial advisor. A lot of them will do what they call real-time financial planning. They sit down, they say, okay, what are your goals? What are your questions? Let's put in some quick numbers in a calculator. Okay, you're on track, you're not on track. Here are the five things you should do right now. That's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this I feel like this could be a whole thing where you could be like, hey, I'm going to give you and your spouse a date day where I'm going to buy you lunch, and then you're going to meet with a financial planner for three right. hours or something exactly. like that. So exactly. it's like, it's, and I'll watch your kids. Yes. And it's not, I mean, it's not cheap. A financial planner is the same as a lawyer, 150 200 250 bucks an hour. Um, but talk about something that will ideally provide some lifelong value. And yes, there are financial therapists. It's a burgeoning industry, but basically they're psychologists or therapists who are experts in helping people deal with their overspending or couples who have financial disagreements. Um, they can help people work through that. Great. All right. So the next category is Allison's favorite things. (laughs) It's just like Oprah, except for I don't give it to you for free. I'm sorry. It's not under your chair. Don't even bother looking under your chair. There's nothing under your chair. I'm sorry. Nope, bro, there's nothing under your chair. So these are things, actual things, that you can give some gift ideas for people in your life. Um, The first one is giving the gift of a safe identity, so buying someone a fire-safe box or a paper shredder. And yes, Rick in the studio, these gifts are a little bit like handing out toothbrushes at Halloween, but whatever. (laughs) It's fine. I'm going with it. I actually really love our fire-safe box because whenever I don't know where anything important is, it's probably in the fire-safe box. Whereas otherwise, we would be like, where is it? And we'd be like, I don't know. It's in the fire. Where are the passports? In the fire safe box. My wife asked me, said, oh, yeah, I was cleaning out the closet. I found the safe. Do we still have the combination? Oh. <laughs> Fortunately, I do have it. It's in my email inbox. I, I know you were there. about to say what it is. <laughs> no. It is. And I'm comfortable in my saying that box. because our because it has like our passports, you know, and all our all my backed up digital photos are in there too, in case because it's fireproof. I need to do that. I as need well. to do that. So don't think of breaking into my house, hacking my email, getting into my safe, because there's nothing of value for you there. Just baby photos. Just baby. <laughs> so oh, cute. baby girl. All right. The next one is a gift for your forgetful loved ones. And tile is one example of this, but there are other examples. And basically, it's this little fob that you can put on your keys or put it in a suitcase or put it anywhere. You can attach it to anything that you regularly lose. And then when you lose that thing, you can use your iPhone, to, your phone to locate it. Vice versa, if you lose your phone, but you still have your little tile, you can hit a little button, and it'll make your phone ring so you can go find it. I 
definitely have to put that on my list. Yeah, are you regularly losing key, your phone and your keys? my keys and my wallet and yeah, yeah. my children, things like that. So I think it's like 30, 30 bucks maybe, maybe more like that. Sorry, I don't know how much it is. Go online, Google it. Um, it's just money. It's just money. All right, and the next thing is a gift for kids. And this is an idea that we got from Ron Lieber, if you remember from our episode about how to raise financially smart kids. And that is giving the gift of either a piggy bank with many slots or a bunch of jars, and you label them save, spend, donate, and invest, and so that the kids can put money in each of those four little slots and do those things. Save, spend, donate, and invest. And then another idea is you can give the gift of You Need a Budget, which is the website software. I haven't used it. Yeah, it's a budgeting software. I am familiar with it, and, and there are some real proponents here at The Motley Fool. Of course, we have a lot of people also love Mint, but big fans of You Need a Budget, why? YNAB is what most people YNAB, refer to it yeah. as, and they have a couple of good videos on their website that explains the process. So, um, many, many big fans here. At the and Motley you can Fool. gift it for sixty bucks. Yep, there so you that's go. pretty cool. And then finally, if none of those things are what you want to give a loved one, just buy them LL Bean slippers because they're like cheap and and they're fine, and everyone needs slippers. Everyone needs slippers, unless you're going to the beach. which i am i also highly recommend think geek they're a good website for just geeky stuff i agree with those are my those are my favorite things did that kind of sound like oprah no not at all (laughs) (laughs) all right but of course the best gift of all our final closing thoughts on giving gifts is that instead of giving gifts you should give the gift of experiences because it's science they're more important right bro yes and that, I, my kids are now uh i only have one kid who's not a teenager anymore and you certainly find that at this point where they value that stuff more than anything else same with me and my wife we're actually going to see a play this weekend because i bought it for her for her birthday and the it's ridiculous how giddy we are that the two of us are going to go out and Aww, see a play. So sweet. But it's very nice. Yeah, so this is actually, like I said, it's science because there's this funny little thing called the Easterlin Paradox, which suggests that money does buy happiness, but only up until a certain point. After your basic needs are met, money does not buy you more happiness and your happiness plateaus. Why? Because your new stuff becomes your new normal, and there's always more stuff that you can buy to get you happy. So, Thomas Gilovich at Cornell is, I think, maybe the leading expert on the importance of experience over gifts. And so he said, here's a quote, you can really like your material stuff. You can even think that that part of your identity is connected to those things, but nonetheless, they remain separate from you. In contrast, your experiences really are part of you. We are the sum total of our experiences. Therefore, he says, instead of buying your kids an Xbox, you should buy them a hot air balloon ride and stuff like that. So considering parents spend roughly $300 on their kids over the holidays for presents, that might be per kid, which is crazy. No, that's definitely per kid. That's crazy. Yeah. Think of all the good experiences you could buy and all the memories you can make. I'm thinking of it. Actually, now you say that, you know, my wife bought me one one year for my birthday. Huh. She said, we're going horseback riding, going out to the farm. It was actually a hot air balloon ride. Oh, yes. that's cool. I, and I When I she it. told you horseback riding, where you're like, oh, fun. No, I like horseback riding. I did it every summer as a kid growing up on my mom's, close to going, visiting my mom's farm every summer. But hot air balloon ride, that was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. So the best gift you can really get someone... Aside from making them financially savvy and sending them out on the right right path for the future, is a good experience. So go out and do something with them. Yeah? 
I agree with that, too. <laughs> Sometimes the best gifts don't cost a whole lot, which is great news for our frugal fans out there. And to help us with just a few more holiday gift ideas, I went around Full HQ and asked a few people to tell me about the best gift they ever received that hardly cost a thing. The best thing that I ever got, and, and people who know me will will agree with this is the gift of gab which i got from the blarney stone in uh, ireland you really kissed the blarney stone i did the best present i ever got was a book that was given to me um, when my wife and i got married as a wedding present it was called the motley fool investment guide near and dear to our hearts we call it the mfig here um, and that book we read on our honeymoon which ultimately led me to a job and a career here at the motley fool and uh, i don't know it might have been a little over ten dollars but that's probably the best gift I've ever got. I uh, love getting cards in the mail, and uh, about a year ago I was a bridesmaid at my friend's wedding, um, and just about a month or two after she sent some photos of the wedding of us um, and a really lovely handwritten note thanking me for being there, but also just reflecting on our friendship and where she thought you know we'd go from here as friends. So it was great to get that and a fun reminder of the great day. When I was a little kid, I made these Superman and Batman toys out of scrap wood in my basement. I gave them to a friend of mine, and years later, years later, I actually got them back. And it was just kind of a surprising thing that someone actually kept them and didn't break them for, for so long. And I still have them to this day, and I'll give them to my son soon, too. It was a game that I had forgotten that he had borrowed from me probably 10 years ago. It was one of the first games in my board game collection. And at many points throughout my life, I was like, you know what, I should just buy another copy because I lost it. I have no idea what it was. He had borrowed it so long ago that I'd forgotten. And rather than apologize and just hand it back to me, he took the time to wrap it up um, for the humorous value of seeing my reaction. And it definitely worked. And so rather than being mad at him for all these years of having this game, um, he kind of spun it around and I totally forgot that I needed to be mad at him. It was just like that I had my game back and, and had a good laugh. One of my friends, for her mother's 50th birthday, gave her mother 50 votive candles and on the bottom of each votive candle was a little message, a memory that they shared of something nice that they did together so that when her mom lit each candle, she would have a little fond memory or a message to go along with the candle. I thought it was just precious. The best gift I got that didn't cost a whole lot was a a tiny desk toy that my brother and sister-in-law got me for my birthday one year. It's a corgi and it's solar powered and if you aim it to the light its little head bobs back and forth and if you love corgis too you know how adorable that is. Uh, it didn't cost them a lot of money but it's really cute it makes me smile every time I look at it. My friend ordered a stamp, a rubber stamp in the shape of my face. So now I can stamp my face in ink on letters, papers, cards, friends, arms, whatever I want and I don't even have to feel weird about it because I didn't do it. She did it for me. I'd like to thank Brendan Matthews, Buck Hartzell, Diane Morris, James Early, Todd Etter, Jen Parker, Sarah Klieger, and Sarah Hobb for taking the time to answer what proved to be a really tough question. So, bro, yes. you know what question is coming for you. What is the best gift you ever received that hardly cost a thing? Uh, I've, I've received a lot, but I'm going to point out one that I got in high school from my best friend in high school, Pete Hahn. Hi, Pete. He actually gave me a, a book, and it was just quotes. He called it Thoughts I Thought, but other people wrote down before I had a chance to or something. And it was quotes and pictures and things like that, which I just, I, it was hilarious. Um, and I appreciated it then, but I've kept it. And it's almost been like almost 30 years now. When I was a teacher for five years, I had it on my bookshelf with all the other books. Kids loved looking through it. Um, 
So that's it. My wife did something similar for me, except it was poems and drawings and things. So creating like a book like that, highly recommend it. Do you still keep in touch with Peter? Peter, Peter yep. I'm going to see him here in about a week. And does he know how much this book meant to you? No, I'll send him this podcast and hopefully it'll make his day. Aww. Rick, how about you? What's the best gift you ever got that hardly cost a thing? Once I went to visit a friend of mine uh, from like high school with my kids and he's got an older kid and he's got this awesome man cave that's just full of action figures and games and toys and all this stuff. And um, when we left, we left with a bag of Bakugan which are like little yep. round robots that apparently they're, there's a massive collection of these things. They're expensive to buy, you know, if you, if you get that whole, it's like getting a I've box of Legos or something like that. Never so heard of them. It doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> the point is used toys, pass them on, man. Kids oh, don't yeah. care, especially the little kids. It, totally it was like agree. a gold mine of stuff to bring home for our kid. And it, you know, for them, it was just sitting in a corner. So yep. used toys, pass them on. Which you just did this week. You gave me your kid's balance bike. You bet. (laughs) I'm very excited about it. All right, Dad. My dad is visiting today. Did you come up with something, the best gift you ever got that hardly cost a thing? Uh, The best gift I think I ever got uh, that didn't cost me anything was, I'm going to say, the gift of life. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That makes sense. Yeah. Good old Grandma. Good job, Grandma Pauline and Grandpa, (laughs) Grandpa Melvin. All right, well, the best gift I ever got, because I knew you were going to ask me next, is that I have amazing parents, and the best gift they ever gave me is that my dad taught me how to be generous. I'm going to get all like teary. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. She is getting teary, by the way, everyone. (laughs) Oh, look at you. I'm fine. I'm fine. My mom gave me the gift of crying on a dime, (laughs) by the way. But she also taught me how to be frugal. And so you combine the two, the yin and the yang, you get this. You get perfection right there. A work of art. (laughs) All right, kids. That's going to do it for today. The show is edited graciously by Rick Engdahl. Our email is answers at fool.com. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Fool on.